What's good, Bucket Busters? This is your host, Ro Zapanta, and this is my co-host, the glorious, the notorious, Tim Johnson. Rip City! And this is the Busted Bucket Podcast, locally grown here in Portland, Oregon, the city of roses, the city of bridges, Stumptown PDX. We are a show with no rules, just a couple of friends who so happen to love Portland basketball. Tim Johnson. Yes, sir. How you living, my friend? Hey, I'm good. I'm surviving. Snowpocalypse 2021, but we're still out here living. We're, we're eating good. Snowpocalypse. We're okay. <laughs> we are okay, and I hope all of our listeners out there are still doing okay. I hope you still have power, and if you don't, I hope that you have somewhere to go, some other plan to make sure that you are safe out there. And we're frozen. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> our Wi-Fi is a little spotty. We're doing this Zoom style once again, and we have our special guest. Of course, it is JJ from the Bay Area, the man that gives us music. JJ, how you living, my friend? I'm living good. Hey, straight up, happy Valentine's Day to all our girls out there. Yo. Yeah. <laughs> happy Valentine's Day to all the ladies out there, all the lady listeners. We appreciate you listening, too, as long as... Um, as long as your uh, your 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 significant other listens with us as well, um, hey, and even if they don't, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> even <laughs> even if they don't, that's right, whatever. So we haven't talked in a long time. Life happens sometimes, you know. I I moved into a new house. We've got snow just falling everywhere. We got like what six to ten inches of snow all over Portland. So let me just start with this. Tim Johnson. Yes, sir. You, I, was, I asked you to predict basically the next four weeks after CJ went out. And I, I wanted to just let you know how you're doing. Um, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm curious too because I haven't been so over attention. that. Yeah, yeah. So over that time, the Blazers' record is actually six and four, which is really yeah, good. It's, it's better than what you had predicted. You were thinking the, over the entirety, we were going to be 50%. So we still have three more games to go, well, which is Dallas, OKC, and the Pelicans. Well, and, and, and I, will, I will come back to, to my prediction and say that I had predicted going 500 as a best-case scenario. Of course, I'm, I was going to be pleasantly surprised, which I am, that we are doing much better than that. Uh, but I, I think I think it's a win for for the Portland Trailblazers as long as they can go 50-50 without those two guys, especially without CJ. And hey, man, the Blazers are showing up. They're showing off. They're showing out. You know what I mean? Like they're 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 putting it down. I will say there are stretches where I am banging my head against a wall, but such is life as a Portland Trailblazer fan, and they're getting it done. Right. I mean, we're we're six and four, and actually, your predictions are also six and four. Pretty ironic, JJ. I wanted to ask you, ask you, what do you think of the Blazers' performance without without Nurkic, without CJ over the the last few games? I think that chemistry is coming along, and um, just really impressive wins, especially against a contender such as the 76ers. 
And I so so I, really I actually want to go ahead. I want to stop you real quick about the 76 not not to totally derail what you were going to say, but I, I've been thinking mm-hmm. about this and because it baffles me that we can lose to a sub to, to sub 500 teams, but we can take out the top team in the East. And here's here's my thought. And, and, and I and I really do want to want to hear what you guys think about this. The way that that the Blazers are constructed, the way that they play, they're out there. Look, the Blazers aren't good on defense, right? That's that's not what they what they hone in on. What they're really good at is outscoring the opposition, right? That that's what their what their game plan is geared towards. And I think that with the 76ers, if your game plan is to just outscore them, I think you can do that. I think it's entirely possible to outscore the 76ers with three-point shooting as long as you can get your offensive rebounds and get a few extra chances. Um, but but I, I think that as long as you're focused on outscoring them and not trying to stop them, you're going to be okay. Like You're, you're going to have a good chance at beating them because I don't think you can stop Embiid. You, you can't. The guy is a monster. He's just an animal down there, right? And and not only that, he can stretch out your big to the, to be on the arc. Ben Simmons can't shoot the three. So the chances that, that Philly can outscore your team are far less if you're a, 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 if you're a, a team that can shoot beyond the arc at a high clip, right? But, but I think, I think the way that the Blazers match up against them is, is a benefit towards uh, the Blazers, and, and I'm curious what you guys think about that because I could be just out here on an island all by myself. But but I mean, what what are your what are you guys' thoughts? I think I'll say that the really like hopeful thing out of all of this is that the potential is there for the Blazers, and the potential is high. Like I, you just said that we're we're losing to the teams that we're not supposed to, but we're showing up for the teams that are contenders and that's just based off potential like our defense could get better the assists could definitely be better we are averaging last in oh the definitely league. and um mm-hmm. you have the talents of dame and cj's coming back and nurk is going to come back if we could just improve in those small avenues of basketball this team has the potential I think to be top three, even top two. For sure. Yeah, I mean, right now in the West, we we are sitting at number five, and I don't think that's any accident. And considering all the injuries that we've been going through, I think that's actually really dang impressive. And I think you're onto something, JJ, saying that there is hope looking at these 76er games in particular, because the first game, we didn't even have, we had nobody. We had nobody out there. Our starting lineup against the 76ers for the first game, Gary Trent Jr., Mello, Hood, Rocco, and Cantor. And we had our rookie, our rookie, playing important minutes. CJ Ellaby playing important minutes. And you know, he showed out. It was pretty impressive. Did you guys watch CJ Ellaby just make plays, make steals, get a dunk, do awesome things? What did you guys think of of him yeah man i think lb shows a lot of promise um you know he's he's a lot better out there than i thought he was gonna be um you know as far as rookies go he's doing he's doing all right you know i i think his minutes were more impactful than harry giles i think uh, harry giles still has yeah. a lot to prove but you know lb looked pretty good 
I don't think he's, you know, six man material yet, but you know, I, I think that designation probably goes to Gary Trent Jr. for us, who's been really lighting it up, man. I mean, he's he's really putting in some meaningful minutes for us and and, and, and it's, it's needed. It's definitely needed and he's showing up for us. I mean, his defense. I think that's the his, I mean, the fact that the fact that he's I mean, he's a true 3 and D type type player, man. He can he can score with the best of them and he he'll strip the ball, man. I mean, how many strips does he get per game? I mean, I I haven't looked at the stats, but I mean, just based on the eye test, I mean, he's he's looking pretty dang mm-hmm. good on defense. That's the silver lining of injuries, right? To have these players come in and do their part and hopefully they do their jobs. That's all you could ask for. Do your jobs, but when they exceed expectations I mean, that's, the, that's the belichick way right <laughs> that's that is the belichick way like plug-in system and i know that we've had we fired shots at stats before and i think it was justified i don't i don't know if rip city they still feel like you know we should fire they should fire stats but you know the talent is there my thought i'll just say that yeah the talent is definitely there and my thought regarding that topic is i i think the Blazers are doing well enough, and, and and we have had some pretty negative uh, moments on this podcast this season uh, regarding Stotts and and the play from the Blazers. But you know, you got to think about it. Like, is is that still potentially part of the uh, learning phase? You know, like it, it, was that just our, our team needing to work on its chemistry still? Like, are they finally starting to click and put it together? Because it kind of seems like that. And as far as stats go, man, you know, I was kind of on the fence. Yeah, he's still in the hot seat because this is the most uh, talented roster he's had since he's been here in the almost 10 years that he's been here. And I think that, you know, maybe we should we should temper our our, our tempers uh, regarding stats. You know, maybe we should pull it back a little bit, Rip City, because, you know, the Blazers are sitting seventh. In the entire NBA, they're seventh. Let me repeat that: seventh in the Western and Eastern Conference teams, like out of everyone, seventh, top ten. That's I. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe it when I saw that. I was like, "There's no way." But the the numbers don't lie, and you gotta think, Stotts is doing okay. He's good, man. Yeah. It's, it's hard to argue with those sort of results. And the thing... So I, I think the way that we criticize thought, our stats has been a little bit justified when we're talking about we bring in these free agents, there's a lack I, of defense. And the I reason why we brought 100%. in these particular free, de- free agents is, is for better defense. And we're still at the bottom of the barrel. But I will say this. I will say that good coaches get production from bench players and from role players. And if you look at Cantor, I mean, Cantor is a double-double machine right now. Yes, he, he is. He is not, let, let me say this carefully. Let me say, say this carefully. He is not a very impressive player. He is not going to get you deep into the playoffs. But what he is going to do, he's going to get you to the playoffs during the regular season, and he's going to grind it out. And he'll give you meaningful minutes in the regular season. That's why you sign a guy like that. And getting production out of 
Gary Trent Jr., we see shine from him every game or every so often. And then Simons had like a five game stretch that was actually really good. It wasn't point guard good, but it was scoring guard good. So that in particular, I will can give Stotts Can I be a bad cop right here you know, for the both of you? I, I gotta be sure. a bad cop. Go for it, go for it. Because I'm, I'm all about expectations and I feel that the Blazers should be up there. That's how they I think that's be. how every should fan be, should feel, right? Look, they should. Let, let me be, ask you this but though: the fact that we let, have so many key me, injuries, I think, I think that they're outperforming what they should be right now. Right, right. Uh, JJ, go I ahead and finish your question. Ask, though. What's your question? Okay, I hate to play the what if game, but if Brad Stevens was the coach, what do you think the record would be with the current roster and injuries? Do you think that's, it'd be drastically different? That's not different? true. You love playing games. <laughs> I, I do. <laughs> You're the one who comes up with all the games we play, so uh, chill. Hey, that is very true. <laughs> you love playing games. Very true. <laughs> but let's t- okay, yeah. Let's. I talk think about if Brad, Brad Stevens, Stevens was our coach, I would think this is what I think. I think it would be better. Like, just straight up, I think it'd be better. I don't think it's a lie that Brad Stevens is a great coach. But I don't think that Stotts is in the bottom half of the league hmm, for coaching. Okay. Because I, of what because of what he's doing. I mean, you can't, you can't argue with his production. I don't think he's very creative. Maybe it's mostly the roster and not a lot of coaching. That's what I was going to say. But he's still getting a lot out of players, and he has a history of that. That's what I was going to say is, you know, maybe with Brad Stevens, we would get better bench production. But at the same time, I feel like Stotts is also somewhat limited based on his roster construction because he's got the best point guard in the league, Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard is going to run the point the way he sees fit. And that's the way it should be. Honestly, that's the way it should be. You you want a smart point guard like that who can who can take over a game to run y- y- your team. But I think that, you know, with Brad Stevens, yeah, we'd probably get better bench production. We'd probably see some more creative uh, play calling. But at the same time, man, Stotts, Stotts is, is getting his players to play the way he needs them to play to succeed. And that's that's all we want. That's all we need right now. As soon as CJ comes back, as soon as Nurt comes back, you know, we'll see what happens. I think that that the way that the the Trailblazers are playing right now, they're hitting their stride. It's it's still the early stages of it, but I think they're hitting their stride and I like what I'm seeing, man. And and as far as as Stotts goes, I don't I don't think Look, you get rid of Stotts, who's gonna who's gonna coach the team, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think these. Yeah, we can't we true. can't sign yeah. Yeah, Brad we Stevens. Can't, we can't sign Brad Stevens. In a perfect world, we'd get Brad Stevens or or who was it that that said can we can we trade Stotts for Spolstra? <laughs> <laughs> what was it? it was like um, <laughs> Block Boy Backland or something like that? <laughs> or I can't remember who it was. Block <laughs> <laughs> Boy Five Hundred Three. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I I don't think I don't, I don't remember what his name was. was some block block something. Though, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Hey, we listen to you guys. We we read you your guys' tw- your tweets to us. But you know, I I think that it's 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 a moot point 
to talk about who we'd rather have coaching the team. And we, we should focus on the good things that Stotts is doing. Yeah, he had mm-hmm. some a bit of a tumultuous start. But, dude, the, t- the team is getting it together. You know, they're, they're, they're pulling up their bootstrap. They're, they're getting it done. Okay? And I think that yeah. as far as the, the fire Stotts movement is concerned, I, I, I think we, we got to put that on the back burner right now. The, I'll say it again. The Blazers are the seventh best team in the NBA. We're we're in the playoffs if it starts yeah. today. Okay? We're fifth in the Western Conference. We yeah, don't have to play in the play-in We're not even tournament. going through a play-in. Yep. Right. Exactly. Exactly right. So, I think if you're a Blazer fan right now, if you're a Rip City diehard, you are happy as hell. At the spot that the Blazers are in right now and the way that they're playing. My one concern, I will say I do have a concern in watching Damian Lillard play. With the exception of last game, because he looked pretty good. Um he looks maybe banged up. He looks tired. And I think that that's probably a product of the fact that he has well, it's basically himself, right? He doesn't have CJ. He doesn't have Nurk. And that's going to that's gonna hurt him as far as his endurance throughout this season. So I, I'm hoping, and we can all hope, that CJ comes back fully healthy, able to contribute and take a little pressure off Dame because I'm concerned about how long Dame can keep up this level of production without another star beside him yeah i mean i think we're we're pretty our team is deep and i'm also concerned about that too i think what we've seen from gary trent jr is encouraging i feel like he has lightened a lot of the load and honestly carmelo anthony has been kind of heating up a little bit these past few games Ever since um, he passed the big O, he has been putting it down. I'm going to give you a quick stat. The Blazers are 7-1 and one when Melo scores 18 points or more. So I think thing is, is that when Melo scores, it seems like we're probably going to win the game. Um, well, here's the thing. When Melo I mean, scores, scores 18 points, you also got to gotta think. It's probably not just him scoring either. Gary's probably having a decent game. We're probably getting some decent production from other players because Melo takes the pressure off of everyone else when he can score. And 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 that's what you brought him here for, right? That's what you, what you have Melo here for is to be that scorer. He's he's a, a a legendary scorer, man. Like that's that's what you need him here for, and especially for the price tag. If Melo has an off game, that's okay. I, I've seen a lot of people hating on Melo when he has a bad game, but he's getting the vet minimum. The vet minimum. What other player out there playing for the vet minimum is going to go out there and score 18 to, to 25 points? I I can't think of any. Yeah, I, I, I agree. JJ, I actually wanted to ask you. You've been, you've been critical of... Of Melo, I think we all have been at times, 
just because he has been kind of hot and cold this season right now was on a hot streak what are some things that you've been liking or seeing of Melo or how Stotts has been using Melo in general? I think Melo has been used well because he takes over the game. Uh, just like Tim was saying, he takes pressure off the other players from scoring. But um, I think the first episode that I was on, we talked about how defense is a critical factor, in, especially in the playoffs. And it's, it's a huge concern. Um, we're bottom material within our de- the, the, the defensive rankings. The assist is low. Yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to be too critical on our Blazers, but we also need to look forward to the playoffs. And we need to yes. fix the areas that, you know, when we do play these teams in the playoffs, when the game is slow, the tempo is slow, it's more half court. They're gonna try to, you know, get Damon foul trouble. It's co- yeah, coaching yeah. strategies. It's, yes. It's and, like, and... Go ahead. Yeah. Well, and and I, just going back to what I had said earlier, when we first started this episode, is that the the thing is the Blazers aren't built around defense. They're built to outscore the opponent, and I think. Who did we bring in for, for defensive purposes? Derek Jones Jr., Robert Ooh. Covington, right? Mm-hmm. So actually, I'm gonna the- I'm gonna interrupt you here. I'm gonna interrupt you right here because I actually want you to respond to this real quick. So Bleacher Reports, okay. Dan Favell had had an article out that's kind of revisiting the Blazers' offseason signings, and he said um, I'm gonna he had three main points. And I actually want you both to kind of respond to these points and let me know what you think. The first one is, he wrote, On one hand, the defense defense remains bottom five material. Doesn't that defeat the purpose of adding Derek Jones Jr. and Robert Covington? And there's still a lot of Carmelo Anthony too much, perhaps. So, Tim, okay, you were about to go for it. Sorry, I interrupted you. Derek Jones okay. Jr., Robert Covington. Derek Jones Jr., Robert Covington. You bring them in for defensive purposes, right? I said it earlier in this episode. It seems as though the Blazers are catching their stride. The chemistry seems to be building, and it could possibly be that we haven't given this team enough time to gel. Now, does that mean that we're going to see a better defensive output from Rocco and Derek Jones Jr. That remains to be unseen. But I think that you can be hopeful and positive in the fact that what we're seeing right now as far as these team, our team winning, we're above 500. What I see from Gary Trent Jr. adding to the defensive end, I think... I think they're going to put it together. I mean, I, I'm i not saying I'm Nostradamus or anything, but I, I think that from what I see, you know, if, if, if Derek can stay out of foul trouble, if Rocco can get over his concussion issue and, and start asserting himself on defense, I mean, watching Rocco down in the low, on the low block, he's actually been pretty good. It's, it's, it's the three point shooting that kills us. And if, if Derek and Rocco and Gary can start 
transitioning uh, uh, and, and and moving on defense a little better than what we've seen, I think you're going to see us start jumping up from last place. You know, and, and honestly, as long as the Blazers aren't dead last, if we can get up to somewhere halfway, you're talking you're talking to probably a championship team. I mean, the the Blazers don't need to be the best defensive team in the NBA to be successful. They they don't because they have an offensive output that is far beyond anyone else in the league, especially when when CJ comes back. So I think coupled with the the offensive production of this team if you can just elevate defensively just a little bit you're talking about steamrolling people yeah i mean um i'm gonna kind of pump the brakes on they don't need to be a great defensive team and the reason why i'm saying that is because you know i was just watching the nets game today and they're a really really bad defensive team and the broadcasters there said the last time that a a bottom a bottom 10 defensive team won the NBA championship was one of the early years of Kobe and Shaq and in the playoffs they figured it out and they became the top defensive unit in the playoffs, so it, it's concerning that something like that hasn't happened in a long time with a championship. With that being said, I'm gonna turn to JJ. JJ, with these two signings of Derek Jones Jr. and Robert Covington, and us still being a bottom defense, do you still think those two signings were good for Portland? I think they were good. I think I'm gonna give Tim some props, which is they need more time to gel. But I'm going to also give you props, which is we need to make adjustments. The The current winnings of the last seven games, we the Blazers held the opponents with 110, 114, 97, 110, and 105, right? Which means that on average, if we did it quarter by quarter, the opponent at least once or twice in the game scored less than 30, which is what you want to do right just like mathematically yeah. speaking so with that being said the blazers have the talent i think that's my like underlying take from the past seven games which is the most promising most hopeful for the fan base it's like the talent is there and it could only get better if they tap into that potential and, and, and that's what I'm yeah. saying, though, is the fact that there's the potential is there, and I think that they can elevate their defensive presence, but I don't think they need to be a top 10 defensive team is what I'm saying, right? You, you don't have to have the best defense in the NBA as long as you have that offensive output that they have because they have the potential to outscore right. anybody in the NBA. They do. And, and on any given night, they can outscore anybody. But if you can couple that with just yeah. league average defense, you're gonna we're gonna be sitting good. They don't have they don't have average. Right, though. I think. But but, but that's, that's what I'm that's saying though. The worry they, they don't they right don't have now, average. but they could. Yeah. They, they could, ha- like okay. you, like what you said. They have the potential 
Mm-hmm. They just need to put that in motion. They need to get there. They need to get to league average so that they can dominate these teams. League average defense would be yeah. phenomenal for the Blazers. I don't think anybody Do can argue that. Do you guys have faith that they'll at least be 28th best defensive team by playoffs? This is this is actually where I was heading because the thing I'm worried about is 25 games. That's a decent sample size. If you if you're asking me, 25 games is a lot of games. It's not quite the whole season, obviously. It's still considered early, but 25 games is at least enough to tell you where the, the rest of the season is going to head. I mean, sure, but you also um, got to take course, into consideration I, I still that think, they still have mm-hmm. a bunch of new pieces on this team. And the fact that they're hitting their yes. stride right now, I, I don't think you can discredit that. They are starting to hit their stride, and I think they're going to put it together. Yeah, I think... I think when help comes, I think there's a bigger chance of us being a better defensive team. I need to see Nurk back, though. I really do. I love Cantor. I love what he's doing in the regular season. But for the playoffs, I need Nurkic's Nurkic presence. I need I need the Bosnian sure. in there. Hey, you know, so I'm hoping that he could get healthy. Pump the brakes real quick because mm-hmm. one thing I saw, I, I actually, I'm curious what you think. But one thing I've seen on social media is that people are saying that maybe we should keep Cantor in the starting lineup. And when Nurk comes back, have him come off the bench for a little while. What do you guys think about that? Because it's kind of intriguing to me. Hmm. I think they're going to have to ease in Nurk anyways. You know, I think no. historically speaking, when Nurk is injured, when he's healthy, mm-hmm. he's in the starting lineup. Oh, yeah. I, I think it's kind of a ceremonial, um, a ceremonial start. He's probably going to get bench minutes uh, when he starts to come back and ease back into form. But as far as a start canter and give him give him starter minutes for the rest of the season, including the playoffs, I don't know if I'm down with that. Just because I feel like Nurkic's ceiling is higher. I think his impact on the game is more. I think that he's a better distributor. I think there's other things that you could do. You could be more creative with him. Um, For sure. Cantor, you're kind of kept in a box. And I know that Portland doesn't run a very complicated offense. It's It doesn't take rocket science to figure out what Portland's trying to do. But I still think Nurkic gives you that let, edge. Let me, ask you, let me ask you both this. If Cantor starts and he does fairly well, which he's been doing, and Blazer fans have already been saying, Cantor, start Cantor, start Cantor. Do you guys think that'll affect Nurk's uh, confidence, which has been pretty shaky this season? Would you guys agree with that? I don't think so. I don't think no? so. I think I think he'll come out and do whatever he needs to do to, to regain the starting position. Uh, my thought regarding centers, especially on this Portland team, is... Cantor's giving you what you need from a center. Cantor's giving you the second chance yeah, points. Yeah, I mean, he's giving you extra opportunities mm-hmm. and he's getting you double doubles. They're not they're not crazy double doubles most of the time. But like if you can get a center and and really I think this goes with any team. If you can get a center that can get you 10 to 12 points and 10 to 15 rebounds, you're sitting pretty. Like that's that's probably like 
the ideal production you want from a center in the NBA. Yeah, and if like Yusuf Nurkic is really listening to us or listening to the Twitter world, like he has to know that we're we have the stupidest takes sometimes. You know what I mean? <laughs> like we are so hot and cold with takes. I mean, I wanted to start Harry Giles. I wanted to freaking retire him and like build a statue at Moda Center of well, Harry Giles. I was like, Harry Giles is the dude. And that's why this is your last episode. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting canceled. He he's <laughs> broken my heart, man. I was so hopeful for him. He was out he showed flashes. It was amazing. Dude, Harry Giles, his percentage around the rim is less than 50%. That's so bad. That's so bad. And it's I felt so horrible because I, I wanted him to be good. Does I wanted he need him the reps to be good. Though? Anyway, but if he might need the reps, but with, with the whole Nurkic thing, it's like he shouldn't. He shouldn't listen to, to Blazers Twitter. I mean, we get so fickle sometimes, you know? It's like, ooh, wow, like, look at this Harry Giles guy. He looks good. His confidence um, has been shaken, though, this but, year. I think that was the main rip yeah. from Rip City. That's true. At the, at the beginning of the year, yeah. he did have a lot yeah. of stuff going on, and he wasn't performing very well. But I feel like right before the injury, he was playing really well. He was. Probably his best bas- basketball ever, right? Um, well, or, or, excuse me, that was before his major injury. But, yes, like in the bubble, it's pretty good. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, with these next three games, I think Tim had predicted a loss by Dallas. Or a loss to Dallas. A win to OKC. And a loss to the New Orleans Pelicans. And JJ, I wanted you to go first and tell me what you think is going to happen with those three games. Dallas, OKC, and the Pelicans. How do you predict those games? Should I go crazy right now? Go for it. 3 and 3-0. We're going with all I wins. Think this, is, this is where Stotts proves me wrong. I like Please. it. Please. I like it, you know, Tim. Do you, you want know, Dallas, to change any of your answers? I don't, I don't think Dallas has been playing particularly well. I think they, they beat somebody the other night, but um, it, it was Dallas, OKC, and New Orleans. You know, I'm I'm never really worried about OKC. And and I'm not just saying that because Dame dominates them. I'm just saying, like, I, I don't think the talent is really there. <laughs> I don't think the talent is really there. Um, I, can, I can see us pulling out a win against Dallas just because I think I don't think they really put it together yet. I mean, before the season started, I thought, oh my goodness, Dallas is going to be a monster. But th- they haven't really shown me that. Yeah. Um, and New Orleans, man, uh, you know, I like the 3-0 prediction. I still think we're going to have a hard time against New Orleans just just because of our injuries. Not that they're a phenomenal team or anything. I just think that the way they match up, I think I think they might manhandle us a little bit. So I, I I'm going to go 2 and 1. Yeah. Realistically. So you're going to change your Dallas one to a win. You're going to stick with a win against OKC. And you're going to stick with a loss to the Pelicans. I think so. 
All right, man. Answers are locked in. We got JJ with three and zero. We got Tim with two and one. And I'm gonna ride the coattails of JJ. I'm gonna say three and zero. The Blazers. I feel like are hitting a stride. I feel like a real important piece to this is actually Carmelo Anthony. Him getting hot, him scoring is actually providing a lot of firepower that other teams cannot compete with. That being Absolutely. said, we're gonna go to our next segment, and that, of course, is called giving props. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. They have eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask about the top tier athletes in their respective sports. For example, Thrive Fantasy's DFS featured Jason Tatum's point total at 26.5 points. If you picked the over, it was worth uh, 95 points. If you picked the under, it was worth 105 points. Thrive Fantasy also had Blake Griffin's point total at 11.5 points. If you picked the over, it was worth 90. If you picked the under, it was it's 110. It's a fun and easy way to get into fantasy. Use promo code BUSTED when you sign up today and you'll receive an instant deposit match up to $50 on your first deposit of $20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy on the Map Store or Play Store or by visiting their website, www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. Yes, indeed, prop up today. And I'm going to start with the definition of our segment, giving props, and it is giving applause giving kudos to a certain person story or situation tim jj i want to know if you give this story props tom brady and the bucks just won the super bowl in dominating fashion against the kansas city chiefs and the paparazzi captures this moment (laughs) during the bucks super bowl party rj our video producer play the link my friend and we show Tom Brady leaving the party. Some man holding his shoulders, <laughs> holding him up. He has obviously been having too much fun. <laughs> JJ, I'm going to ask you first. Do you give Tom Brady's walk of shame Yes, props? you know why? Because once this pandemic is over, you better be carrying me like that. Shut up. <laughs> Tim, you could, that is a great You could carry me answer. too. You guys could share responsibility. Just make sure I come home safe to my wife and kids. But yes, you, when you win the Super Bowl, you could do anything you want. Within, look, without committing a crime. And he did not, not commit a only, crime. <laughs> not only, not only do you win the Super Bowl, you win your seventh Super Bowl. Yeah. You can do whatever you want, Tom Brady. You can you can down a, an entire fifth of Jack Daniels if you want and stumble out of the arena or wherever the heck you are. It don't matter. You can you could be carried off by the you paparazzi. Know, I, you could you could get in a stranger's car and go to their house. It doesn't matter. Props. You know, Tom Tom Brady has been playing playing football for the uh, New England Patriots, and he's used to cold weather. I don't think he's used to celebrating a Super Bowl in hot Tampa Bay. I think the heat <laughs> got to him. You know, when you have heat and a drink, 
It catches up on you and Tom Brady, it's a good look when you celebrate like that and you're 43. He's 43. He's going ham. He's 43. He just won the Super Bowl. Are you serious? I'm I'm 34 and I get up out of bed. My back hurts. I'm not playing against like 20-year-olds flying around hitting me. Very, very impressive, Tom Brady. You get props from all three of us. For our next story, I'm going to butcher this man's name. Yuri Tolochko, <laughs> a professional bodybuilder, was surrounded by loved ones when he married his wife. A, a doll that is used for adult purposes. He now says that he plans to have multiple wives because his main one keeps running out of charge. Guys, do not get us canceled. This is a do not get us canceled <laughs> moments moment. Oh no. Tim Johnson, I'm gonna have you go first, my friend. Do you give Yuri props? Alright man, how do I toe the line on this one? Uh, <laughs> you know, the heart wants what the heart wants, right? Oh <laughs> uh, shoot! How do I how do I not get us canceled and stay married at the same time? Uh, you know. You know what, Tim? I I don't I don't trust you, my friend. I'm just I'm gonna just stop you now. I'm getting really worried. I'm sweating a little yo, bit. Yo, JJ, you know what? I'll just you I'll just say. <laughs> I'll just say, yes, I will give this man props. It's a little weird. It's a little funky. But, you know, we come from the city whose slogan is keep it weird. So, yeah, let's give this guy props. You know, you might as well. The heart, he's not hurting anybody. All right. Tim gives him props. JJ, do you give him props? No. Absolutely. <laughs> he's just leaving it at that. Nope. Moving on. You, you know why? <laughs> Why? I'm all about perspective, right? If if uh-huh. our boy Tim called us up and he was like, Hey guys, I got an Amazon Prime order. It's going to come in. I'm going to propose. You guys could be in my uh-huh. wedding. And ends up being this doll. Uh-huh. No, I'm not. No. The, c- come on, man. Hey, man, you don't have to come. You can say no. You can say no. <laughs> I'm just, hey, dude, I'm just saying, to each their own, who am I to judge you for what you prefer in your life, as long as it's not causing me or anyone else any harm? Hey, I I got no problem with it. You know, I'm, I'm gonna give him, I guess, I guess partial props, because he knows he's obviously comfortable with who he is. And I'm gonna give him, I guess, props because he has loved ones that support him in this. I mean, do they really love him though? I wish yeah, I had he's that got type a of serious support. support cast. <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. Do do they love hey, him really? If, if this ever happened to me, <laughs> you guys better put me in check, please. <laughs> I don't think we're gonna put yeah, you in. I check. will put I you think in we're check. Put I you will in a mental put you institution. in check. <laughs> Yeah, probably. <laughs> I'd be like, do not give this man any outlets to charge anything. <laughs> With that being said, wait, that was this, was this is our episode, my friend. Sorry it took us so long. 
<laughs> we gotta we gotta stop this show. It's getting too far. <laughs> so I'm sorry, my friends. It took us so long. JJ, thank you for joining us on the pod once again, my friend. It's always Keep a it pleasure weird, to Portland. have you. Keep it weird. <laughs> RJ, our video producer. Thank you, my friend. And of course, our fans, thank you for giving us content. Thank you for providing us with just responses on Twitter. Sorry we've been a little absent, but you know what? We are back and stronger than ever. We will hit you guys back up with another episode in another few days. Tim, what you got to say, my friend? That's it for this episode. Don't forget to rate, follow, and subscribe if you're digging what we're saying. Stay safe out there, Rip City. We'll catch you next time on the Busted Bucket Podcast. Thanks for listening.